0: Perfect. Okay. I did notice. Well, we're going to grab a seat again, and, and we'll continue on with our worship together. Hopefully at home you're able to have a minute to grab a cup of coffee and, and a donut. Man, doesn't that sound good? That's what we should need some of those next week. Um. Or will they be fake <laughs> real or fake donuts you'll have to come back next week to find yeah. out
1: if we're doing this for shaking hands i don't know what the donuts will. Like.
0: yeah i know well things could change by next week so you never know um, awesome. we're gonna pray for that we're gonna hope for that uh this morning is a really important morning it's our confirmation sunday and uh this is a, a service that many of us look forward to every year like it's a highlight of the year because we get to hear from a couple of our confirmands, uh, our our graduating eighth graders, uh, how God has impacted or intersected their life. And so that's coming up in in just a moment. And this sets the stage here at the the start of the school year, perfect timing just to talk about youth ministry. And especially I, I asked Angela, I'm like, you know, I would love to just do an interview with you uh, you've had six months as uh, on the job as our youth pastor and, and a whole summer to kind of plan for next fall. And so uh, there's some exciting changes and some excitement that's building in our youth ministry, and so I want to highlight that. But first, I-, I thought it would help for us to get to know you better. And so I'm going to ask you a few questions. Rapid fire. And this is true because I, I gave her some of these questions earlier in the week, but I didn't give her any of these. All right? So this is just... Stream of consciousness, it'll help us judge you. I mean, get to know you (laughs) as a person. Okay, so here, are you ready? All right. All right, so tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, Do you drink coffee or tea?
1: Coffee. Hmm.
0: Would you rather drive a car, truck, or SUV? I don't care.
1: Okay.
0: iPhone or Android? Android. (laughs) What sports do you like to watch or play?
1: I don't play sports because I hurt myself, but I like to watch Formula One. Oh, there you go. And it's Team Ferrari, just so you
0: know. Oh, wow, okay. Would you rather go to the doctor knowing you may need a shot or visit the dentist knowing you may have a cavity?
1: The dentist.
0: Okay, Marvel or Star Wars? Marvel. Would you rather vacation on the beach or camp in the mountains?
1: Oh, why not both?
0: Take out or dine in?
1: Uh, take out.
0: Texas Hold'em or Scrabble?
1: Texas Hold'em.
0: We're going we're gonna to skip it. Where did you attend college?
1: Uh, Northridge, California.
0: And what was your major?
1: I don't remember. I didn't finish.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> it's true honesty right there. I
1: got married instead.
0: You got married instead. Well, that's, that's wonderful. That's, that's a,
1: I'm still married to him,
0: too. That's an that's a important thing. Uh, which one of your kids is your favorite child? Just kidding. You don't have to answer that. I <laughs> thought that I'd slide that in there Every for them. Every
1: single one of them would say it was them.
0: Tell us. <laughs> yes, that's, that's a good. You're a good mom. And what are their ages? Where, where are they at in life?
1: I don't remember. I th- Elizabeth's going to be 30. Emily is uh, 26, 27. And Dylan's either 25 or 26. They're, I know the years they were born but their I just said you're a great mom.
0: Their ages keep
1: changing.
0: I I know. They just keep changing. You've hit the stage where you have to start doing the math. Yeah. All right. Tell us us the last book or books that you've read.
1: Um, I'm reading The Hades Factor by Robert Ludlum right now.
0: Do you listen to Spotify or Amazon Music or neither?
1: YouTube Music.
0: YouTube Music. Okay. Uh, Here's a good one. What I learned about people last year.
1: What I learned about people last year is that everybody's in... Uh, heart is dealing with things differently. Everybody has their own way of coping.
0: What I learned about myself last year.
1: I wasn't coping well.
0: <laughs> that's honest. That's honest. And uh, what I learned about God last year.
1: That he is still on the throne.
0: Alright. <laughs> Round of applause. There. You, handled that, you handled that like a champ. That was fun. That was really good. I told, I told the Comfort they were going to have to do the same thing and, and maybe, I, maybe I won't do that to them. <laughs> But I'm like, you get to hear it. You get to think about the questions first. I'll I'll go easy. I'll go easy questions on you guys. Okay. So it would be really helpful for us uh, just to hear some of your your heart and as you're thinking about the future here. But last year, during the first three months of the pandemic, you had to completely alter. You know, all of us did, and no matter what our job was, but especially in children's ministry, you had to completely alter your approach to ministry. So tell us what you did and what that was like kind of making that pivot.
1: Okay, well, it, the pivot, it was very different than a, it it really wasn't about a strategic decision for ministry and to keep ministry going. It really was born out of a prayer, a prayer that um, was um, one of discontent and um, and a plea for ideas. So, I was discontented because I've always said an hour on Sundays is not nearly enough time to teach children the most important thing they will ever need to know, which is how amazing God is, how close he is, and how much Jesus loves us. So now we're in the pandemic and there's nothing. Um, And and I just thought this is going on longer than I'm comfortable with, and I was really discontented about that. I wanted to provide... uh, children a way to connect with God. Um, not that they don't at home, but I just wanted to supplement that, whatever was happening at home. So I prayed. And my prayer was, um, you know, just for ideas and a way that we could provide discipleship and teaching at home that was easy for families, because I knew families had it really rough. It was so hard on, on people that were working, and now the kids aren't in school, it was just, or daycare. It was so hard. And then that prayer was answered, and it just was answered in the form of uh, subscription boxes. Literally, subscription boxes, after I was done praying, showed up on my doorstep, and then um, an idea sparked joy for me, and, um, and then we went from there. So it was really not about a strategic decision. It was all about my heart for kids.
0: So, so for those of you who don't know, like for 12 months, uh, Angela and Lisa and a small cadre of dedicated volunteers each month would put together uh, basically materials so that you could do Bible studies and it it was like what the kids would have been learning in Sunday school all went in this box with activities and crafts and stuff and it got packaged and delivered to doorsteps and so uh, we would get pictures that we would post online of kids you know, doing the stuff at home and we got lots and lots and lots of feedback as the year went on the, you know, it started with I don't know how many, but it exploded. We added, I mean, the, the piles kept getting bigger every month, so it was incredible, like the response and just the idea to, to, to help equip parents to do discipleship at home, and so that was a really, really cool thing and very well received, and I'm just thankful that you thought of that.
1: It was all God. It, was, it really was, and, um, and it was so great, one of the really great benefits is we were able, because I would say, some of you who are watching online would hear me say, if you wanna register for a kid's box, we had new families that had only ever been engaging online ask for boxes, and that's how we got to stay connected to people, so yeah. it was another way, and it was also the the, I'm the team of people that would deliver the boxes, they are amazing leaders who have taught children, and they were so happy to deliver and say hi to the kids and make connections, So. And that was an added Yeah, benefit. I mean,
0: that just really helped our church in a completely disconnected and isolating time. Uh, you know, you ring the doorbell and there's a conversation that happens with at least one real live person and especially someone that's connected to our body. And so that was, uh, yay God for that. Well, six months ago, we were also sad to say goodbye to Pastor Tim and, and Pastor Lindsey. And so in addition, uh, your role like expanded to include K through 18, which was kind of a, kind of a big, uh, that was we call that scope creep, right? The scope of your job. It, was, it wasn't like creep, it was just like it jumped. And so tell us, tell us um, what you've learned as a children's pastor that's prepared you to minister to middle and high school youth. Because you, this, is your, this is your chance to sell them on this whole thing, okay? Uh, if they need convincing.
1: Okay, well, first of all, I... I want you to know that I've always kind of included youth in children's ministry. I, there is a team of students that have always served on Sunday mornings. So I'm not, being around teenagers was not a foreign thing to me. Um, and serving with them in ministry was not uh, a foreign thing. And then, um, you know, I had three teenagers, and they're all independent, financially independent adults. I'm kind of proud of that because um, I didn't think that would ever happen. But. <laughs> I had my doubts. But anyhow, um, things that are part of children's ministry, so many things um, are the same. The mechanics are the same. So planning lessons and um, and leading leaders. You know, that the mechanics of that are the same, whether it's children's ministry or youth ministry. It's communicating and equipping with, um, our leaders so that when they show up to youth group after... Um, a long day of work, they have what they need already in place so that they can just step in and start serving and engaging with students. I do that on Sunday mornings too for uh, all of our children's workers too. I mean, I try to, I'm not perfect, but that's my goal. Um, and then it's also you know, adapting curriculum. I think that I learned during the whole pivot with the boxes, I think I'm kind of good at adapting curriculum. And, um, and so I had a whole lot of practice doing that during the pandemic. But when we started doing youth ministry, um, I realized that the adaptions were a little bit different. It was adapting the curriculum that we have to our context and to our students' needs and where, where they're at. And um, that was actually really fun for me to do. So that applied. Um, large group teaching is something that I've always done on Sunday mornings. That's sort of my wheelhouse with um, students and children. And I, I'll be honest, I was a little nervous when we had our first C3. I was a little nervous because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how are they going to receive me? And, you know, I know I'm the old church lady, and I'm the, they all think of me as the children's pastor. So I'm like, what are they going to think of this old lady up there? My, I'm not a boomer, but they call, my kids call me, my children call me boomer all the time. So I thought, what are they going to think? But you know what was really cool? What was so cool was that... I know all the students like most of the students I know because they would either been serving in children's ministry or I just remember when they were in my program. They didn't all remember me and it was really funny because one of our games, I don't know if you remember this Scott, but one of our game nights it was um, the answer was my my last name, my first and last name and none of them knew it and I thought that was so funny. (laughs) But it was so fun to be with these students and um, and teach them. And um, the other thing is, I, I talked about leading leaders. We have an amazing team of, of leaders at this church, both in children's ministry and in uh, student ministry. And they are compassionate and, they are, um, and passionate about teaching truth to the next generation. And it just makes it, it makes it doable. And it's not on my shoulders. It's not on your shoulders, it's on God's shoulders. And God is really big. And I've really learned to rely on Him through this transition
0: I think one of the, uh, as we were talking about this and moving forward, one of the things that came up was like just how do you equip and empower volunteers and encourage them and train them or, or give them opportunities? And, and there was kind of a mindset shift, which it, this is overstating, but it's like, do you, see, do you see the volunteers that are in your ministry as like ministry helpers, which are really, really important. We need people who just, I, I just need to show up and put stuff in boxes, like that's critically important. Um, but there's ministry helpers, and then there's actual people doing ministry, and as the body of Christ, the priesthood of all believers, like all of us are ministers, wherever God has put us, you know, in our families, in our workplaces, in our friendships, and so how do, how do we help people just lean into that, like that's how God has made them, and, and so in our conversations over, you know, the last few months, like we've gotten excited as we think about volunteering and as people are serving and just like we're setting you free to be the ministers and to build relationships with people with students to earn the right to be heard and God's going to use that influence in their life uh, for the better because all of us can probably name teachers uh, other adults that uh, when we were young people that we still remember we can still call out their names because they had an impact on us uh, for the better and especially a faith impact and so um, we will continue to lift that up and the role of volunteering at Cascade Covenant, and uh, we need you. So uh, on the verge of starting this next year, and, and this is the last question, what makes you excited for this next year? And then, you know, do you anticipate any challenges?
1: Okay, well, I'm excited about the team of people that have said yes to serving. Um, it's remarkable, and this, we're still in a pandemic. I mean, so it's still happening and people are still here, and they're, they're saying yes. And I've heard yes more than I've heard no, which is in the 12 or however long I've been here. That's unusual. But it's also people stepping up in bigger ways, and it's really exciting. It's really exciting to be a part of that and feel God's movement in our church. I mean, I feel it. There's a joy here that is happening on Sunday mornings, and when we're gathered together, that um, is just palpable. And I love how God is moving in our midst. Um, I love the vision that he is giving us um, and as I think about, as I've been preparing for confirmation today and confirmation class for the fall and all the other classes, um, I met with the leaders last week and we started reading, um, or last month, and we started reading Sticky Faith which is a great book um, and it just talks about how you can help your child, your student, stay engaged in faith. And for parents, I recommend this book because it gives you really good tips and tools um, on how to do that. But the, the point of that book has a lot to do with what, what can we do in ministry. And um, as I've been reading that and thinking about today, there's just this idea that we all need to challenge ourselves because God's stories don't stop after confirmation. My story is still being written. Your story is still being written. And I think we all need to challenge ourselves to look for God in the everyday, look for where God is touching our life each day. And the more we get in the habit of it, the easier it is to see. So to look for God, to recognize his work in our life and in the world around us, and also to recognize and remember everything that he's done. And I think that's the vision moving forward with students because it's, biblical teaching is so crucial to what we do. And, um, but within that, there also has to be a connection to the heart. And it has to be, I want, I want students and children to know God, to experience God, not just know about God. And, um, and I think we're moving in that direction. I'm really excited about it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Pastor Angela. Give her a round of applause. Um, you're, you're off the hot seat. And I, I want to invite our worship team back on stage and uh, pray for this morning's offering. And as I do so, I want to invite all of our, all of our, our younger students that are with us here uh, to, to head on back to children's ministry. And, and as we send them, we're going we're gonna to recite this Bible verse together. And so we'll put it up on the screen and uh, we'll say this. If any of you needs wisdom, you should ask God for it he will give it to you. God gives freely to everyone and doesn't find fault. That comes from James 1 uh, verse 5. Let me say a quick prayer for this morning's offering. Lord, as we come before you and uh, we know that everything in our life comes from you and you've made us stewards of it, help us to be faithful. And as we learn new rhythms or we return to them, whether that's uh, giving Uh, through sending a check or doing it online or putting it in a box in the back of the church, which is just different than how we've done it in the past, uh, it's still an act of letting go. It's an act of showing that we trust you, Lord, to provide for us. And so we are so grateful for the many blessings that you bring into our life. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Well, let me invite Angela, Pastor Angela up here again, and um, we'd like to begin our confirmation service, or this, the the rite, the liturgy that we go through here, as we're confirming our students this morning. And for children who are born into the church community, confirmation marks the closing of one chapter and really the beginning of another. And the days when church, uh, you came to church just because your parents brought you, are soon ending in the days when you choose to attend church and when you choose to believe are now beginning. And so uh, this is a time when we as a church can affirm what we see in both you, Donna, and you, Jacob, and welcome you into full participation into this community. It means that we think you're okay. It means that that you check all the boxes that you need to check. It It means that we like you and that we want to be a part of this community with you. But it also means that we're going to expect more from you. We invite you to step up from spectating to participating, from from sitting to serving, from being on the sidelines to being on the goal line because you're a key member of this body, and we need you. And you and I and Pastor Angela and all of us believe in King Jesus, and uh, we serve his kingdom that's on the move. So our prayer isn't that you would think that church is cool enough to continue attending. It's that we want to be your teammate to support, encourage you, or to have that work with uh, both ways with one another. And so Angela uh, wants to just talk for just a moment on our confirmation process and what that has looked like and what it's going to look like moving forward.
1: Yeah, so right now confirmation is a three-year program. Um, it starts in 6th grade and ends in 8th grade. And um, what I want to say specifically about Donna Rose and Jacob is that I am so proud of you and I just think it is so remarkable that during a time when we were doing confirmation over Zoom, you stuck with it. There were other confirmation students, you were the 8th graders that stuck with it. Yeah. And um, and not only that, um, Pastor Tim was your youth pastor for so many years and in the middle of that pandemic crazy year, you, he also transitioned out. So um, I know he would have just loved to be here today with both of you and he sends you his best and I thank you for accepting me and letting me be here in this process for you. Um, the three-year process involves um, uh, two parts. It's, it's a two-fold pro- process. It's learning. It's learning about scripture. It's learning about the cores of our Christian faith, um, and learning uh, this through the uh, dive into the Old Testament and New Testament. Um, last year we did Old Testament. This year we're going to start in with the New Testament for everybody. That's in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. In addition to learning, the other part of it is uh, discipleship. And um, because of that, we have mentors who, who not just... Um, you know, affirm the things that you're learning in class, but they're also there so you can see what faith looks like. It takes it from the head to the heart, as we were talking about earlier. And so um, mentors are part of the process, too.
0: So uh, first, I want to invite Jacob forward. He's going to be our our first uh, guinea pig, our first student here uh, to share this morning. And as he makes his way forward, please give him a round of applause. So make your way on over Jacob. And uh, Scott Beimer has been his mentor over this last year. And Jacob, before you, as you kind of, oh, you're going to hold the microphone. We're going to trust you with the microphone. This is a huge leap of faith here, a huge step forward. Um, I don't even do that with most adults, but but first, uh, you have to answer a few questions. Not quite as many as as Angela, but just a couple, okay, for us to get to know you better. And the first is, what's your favorite color? Blue. Blue, okay. Uh, Do you drink coffee or tea? I drink tea. Would you uh, rather drive a car, truck, or SUV? Mom, Dad, take note.
2: Uh, a car. <laughs> okay,
0: it's car. Car, iPhone or Android?
2: iPhone.
0: iPhone. Uh, what sports do you like to watch or play?
2: I like to play soccer. I like to watch hockey.
0: I just have to answer. Yes, right? <laughs> Mom and Dad are from Canada, so you make them proud, right? Yeah, okay. Marvel or Star Wars?
2: Uh, Star Wars.
0: Uh, do you have, are you thinking about college? I mean, are there, are, are, are have you ever thought about like what I want to be when I grow up? Uh,
2: a little bit. uh, uh it,
0: give us, give us your top three things right now. I want to be a, uh, I don't
2: really know top three yet. I think nuclear science is kind of cool. There's a college
0: in New Mexico. Nuclear yeah. science. There's a college in New Mexico. Who are you, Jacob? Man, aim high. That's, that's what, that's, that's very awesome. Um, tell us, uh, what did you learn about yourself this last year, during the pandemic? Uh, that's, that's a hard one to think right off the top of your head.
2: I don't know, that uh, I can do school work on my own. And I don't uh, just yeah. need to be in person all that much.
0: The, the, you don't need teachers, right? You can do this on your, for nuclear science, and, and actually, I, I actually think you probably could, Jacob. Um, yes, lots of things that we learned last year, and you're going to share with us some of the things that you learned about God and your God story, and so before you do this, we're going to show a quick slideshow of some photos of you through the years. And so these your mom and dad sent you. I don't even know if you've seen these yet. Have you seen these? Yeah. Okay, that's good. And so, I'll let you take it away.
2: Hi. My name is Jacob Eichler and I'm going to ninth grade. Uh, for some background of my story and from where I come from, I grew up and am still growing up in quite a religious home. One word is almost required to say a prayer before your meals and to go to church each Sunday. Uh, every summer we visit my grandparents and my dad's side in Manitoba, which has been a thing since before I was born. Uh, when we go, I spent a week or so with my grandparents. And I remember this one time when we went, uh, when I was a lot younger. I rode in my grandpa's tractor with him. And even though I was a lot younger, I remember it being pretty fun. And for me, it was kind of like one of those kiddie rides in the mall that you put like, a quarter in or whatever. But the only difference was is that it was a huge tractor. And I got right with my grandpa. Uh, around the same time, when I was like seven, uh, I started going to a Christian camp in the same area. Uh, This camp has been pretty important to my belief in God, and I always feel more connected to him when I go. And that's all good, but uh, a little bit more of a sad uh, change. Unfortunately, in uh, April of 2013, my grandpa was diagnosed with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. His case had become so severe that within around the same month, uh, the family and doctors believed he wouldn't make it much longer. Uh, My mom, dad, and two other brothers went and said goodbye while... Me and my sister stayed home. During this time, I did the only thing I could do, uh, the one thing I've been doing for a while now, and I prayed. I prayed every night for him to recover. And as time passed by, he was still hanging on and getting progressively better. By 2014, he was back walking. He was in remission to everyone's surprise. We still visit every summer, and he's still walking around seven years later, asking me about school, telling a lot of the same stories with pretty good detail, and playing his accordion. If my grandpa had passed away, I don't know what my life would be like now. Uh, I don't know if I would have kept going to camp. I don't know if I would still be comfortable to pray to God or if I would do it at all. I don't know if my grandma would move or if we would even visit Manitoba anymore, worst case scenario. Uh, But I do know my summers would be a lot suckier, which is why I'm grateful that God answered my prayer. Uh, My verse is, uh, then that person can pray to God and find favor with him. They will see God's face and shout for joy. He will restore them to full well-being. Job 33:26. And I just thought this verse fit pretty well because that's really what I did. I prayed to God, and uh, he, he answered me. And he restored my grandpa to full well-being working through the doctors, my grandma and the nurses. You know, He restored my grandpa, and that's the story.
0: Thank you, Jacob. Um, Donna Rose, we're going to invite you to come up next. And uh, Donna Rose's mentor uh, was unable to be here with us this morning. And so Pastor Angela is going to step in. And uh, sorry, Sabrina. Sabrina McMains was unable to be with us this morning. And so Pastor Angela is going to step in. And uh, you have to suffer through the same thing that Jacob suffered through. You know, rapid fire first. Then, you know, the, the quick slideshow, and actually, I'll let you just hang on to that, and um, you're going to do great with it. But first, Donna Rose, uh, a few quick questions to help us to get to know you better, okay? Uh, what's your favorite color? Purple. Okay, and you can step over here because we have this whole camera thing happening, and everybody would rather see you than me. Um, okay, would you uh, drink coffee or tea? Tea. Uh, would you rather drive a car, truck, or SUV? Car. Car? two cars, okay. Uh, iPhone or Android?
3: iPhone.
0: iPhone. What sports do you like to watch or play?
3: I like to play volleyball.
0: Volleyball. Oh, man. My wife is going to be stoked to hear you say that. Uh, Marvel or Star Wars?
3: I don't watch either.
0: Neither. That's an answer. Yes. Way to go. Um, So have you... I mean, I know it's a long ways away and you're talking to someone who my declared major was liberal arts for like two years because I had no idea what I was going to do. So uh, have you thought, like, when I grow up, I want to be a... I
3: want to be a teacher.
0: I want to be a teacher. Awesome. Good for you. And uh, this last year, is there something that you learned about yourself that you didn't know before? I'm sure there was lots of stuff, but when you have to stand in front of people and think of it on the spot, it gets really hard, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It totally does. Well, we are very excited for you to share with, with what you learned about God, not just this last year, but in the the last few years. But before you do that, we're going to turn around and we're going to, we're going to see these pictures that, have you seen these yet? Yeah. Okay. You're, yeah, you were part of picking them out. This is Donna Rose. Very cool. Well, I'll let you get situated here and begin.
3: Thank you. Um, hello, I'm Donna Rose. My family has attended Cascade Covenant Church um, since before I was born. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm happy to tell you my God story today. It starts almost a year ago now when 2 longtime friends of mine got into an argument with me. It ended with them sending hurtful texts of with their as assumptions and accusations despite all the years of our previous interactions to the contrary. It gave me a sinking feeling in my stomach knowing a long time friendship had ended. This, is, uh, this painful situation piled with the situation of COVID keeping me from seeing most of my other friends crushed me. I didn't think of any of my other friends would want to talk about what happened or would even understand how such a loss would feel. I felt so alone. A relatively new friend at the time, someone who had moved to North Bend to start middle school, came to me with a similar situation, where she had a falling out with a longtime close friend from her, from her old town. While my new friend and I hadn't shared deep discouraging stuff before, we did share our similar faith in Jesus and the truth of the Bible, so I knew I could trust her. So as she began to sta- share her, her story, <laughs> I felt comfortable enough to tell her about my own situation. While I considered my new friend someone I liked to hang out with, after sharing our painful stories with each other and also encouraging each other with with the truth based on what the Bible teaches, she became someone I could share more with and became the best friend I needed. With that said, I am not one to believe in coincidences since I believe everything, good or bad, is being used by God for a purpose. I still believe to this day that God took that situation that we were both in to help us become closer, and to help me realize the horrible friendship I used to have really isn't the type of friendship God wants for us. My mom always tells me, what Satan meant for evil, God will use for good, which was taken from the verse, Genesis 50-20, where Joseph is addressing his brothers. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. In the story of Joseph, he was sold into slavery and betrayed by his brothers. And like Joseph, I was was betrayed by friends who I trusted like family. Through all this, I learned that even if things are really going south, to hold on and believe everything will come out better than before, just as it is in Joseph's story. As God used his brother's portrayal for the saving of many, because God tells us many times in his word that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And that's my story.
0: And stay up there. And now I'll invite Jacob to come back forward. And uh, we have two more things to accomplish before you're all confirmed. And the first is just simply the answering up some vows or the, some taking up some vows and so pastor angela is begin going to begin that or do that for us sure
1: well done you guys thank you for sharing that um so as your pastor it is my prayer that our expression of faith uh, may provide the basis for the commitment for your life to jesus christ as savior and lord so i'm going to ask you a few questions um that you can affirm and as I do you can as I ask the questions you can say I do. Do you confess a personal faith in Jesus Christ and desire with God's help to be his disciple? If you so desire say I do.
3: I do.
1: Pass, uh, do you believe with the church of Jesus Christ that the Bible both the old and new testaments is the word of God telling the story of God and God's people in the past and guiding them today if you so desire say i do, I do. Okay. as you continue in your life do you intend to keep worshiping in Christ's church listening to his word and responding to his call according to your faith yes, <laughs> so be it according to your faith
0: well and also as this rite of confirmation i'd like to involve you in all this and we're going to together recite one of the most ancient creeds in the, uh, uh, for Christians called the Apostles' Creed. And so I'm going to have you all stand, and I'm going to ask you three questions. And uh, if you haven't memorized the Apostles' Creed, that's okay. We're going to put it on the screen for you, and we can read this together. But the first question that we're going to answer is, do you believe in God? And together we're going to say, I believe in God the Father Almighty. Creator of heaven and earth. The second question is Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again and ascended into heaven is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. And the last question is, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now I would like to invite uh, parents, if you would like to come forward, we're going to pray. For Donna Rose and for Jacob, just a prayer of blessing. And then uh, we're going to say amen together. Please join me in prayer. Lord, we are so grateful for Donna Rose, for Jacob, and the fact that you've been walking next to them their entire life. We're grateful for the grace that exists, Lord, that they know does, that they're aware of, for the work that you've been doing in their lives and in their hearts, Lord. And we pray that as they've encountered you, that that you would strengthen their faith in you, step by step, day by day, year by year. We are so blessed to have them as a part of our body, and I know that their families feel the same way. Won't you bless them in the days and the years ahead, Lord? Bless them at school this next year as um, they start new grades and start new classes and new activities and and things begin uh, after summer once again. Help them to to negotiate the, the new year and the new changes and everything that's ahead. And I also pray that you would raise up friends supportive friends for them, Lord, that share a similar faith in you and that they can encourage one another as iron sharpens iron. And Lord, I pray that you would open uh, opportunities of serving because they have gifts to use and ways to contribute that that we can't even imagine. And so whether that's here at Cascade Covenant or whether that's somewhere else in your kingdom here in the Snoqualmie Valley or the world, Lord, we pray by your Holy Spirit's power that you would anoint them and 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 their life for serving you, we pray all of this in your precious name, Amen. Well, I would like to uh, present to you uh, first Donna Rose, a certificate of confirmation. I know you're going to frame that at home and and display it in a prominent place. Just kidding, um, and this is a Bible for you as a, a gift from our church, and Jacob the same for you. Congratulations. Let's give them a round of applause. And I'd I'd like to uh, give all of you the, the closing blessing, the benediction for this morning as we wrap up our time together. It comes from Numbers 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you may he lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. God bless you. We'll see you next week.